0: Subway Sports Talk.
1: Dan, Dan,
2: Dan, clear of the closing doors, please.
0: All right. Here we go. Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy. I'm your host. As always, thank you so much for tuning in on Apple Podcasts, app, Spotify, Wherever wherever you listen to podcasts, we appreciate you. All the same. Basketball, baby. The Heat up 3-1. The Nuggets made this series a series. And none other than the NBA Outsiders here to talk about it with me. Starting off with my guy, John Lucas Duffy. What up, Doug?
1: Petey, what up, what up, my guy?
0: You know what is up, and that's the Miami Heat. 3-1 in the series. It's it's looking uh, like it's getting late early for the boston celtics we'll see what happens also with us frank villani what up dude
2: what's going on pd how you doing brother
0: Bruh. you know it's it's a lot we just did a baseball pod that i recorded it's gonna come out later in the week then we got basketball we got football it's all good it's all fun and uh i just i'm so excited with all these sports i'm overwhelmed andrew duffy also with us what up andrew
3: I'm back and I just want to say I've made an adjustment. I'm sitting on my living room couch. So Brad Stevens, you're allowed to make adjustments. Oh if you want.
0: <laughs> Where do you normally sit when we do the pot?
3: In my back room. Okay.
0: So now you're a little more comfy. You're I feel like you're relaxed and you're ready to let it fly right now. I feel like you the, the Duffies right now are ready to shoot from the hip. Um so obviously what just happened was the heat going up three one. Uh, Tyler Hero, wonderful game. Jimmy Butler, as close to an NBA Finals appearance as he's ever been now. And and I don't know if anyone ever thought that this would happen. A Jimmy Butler-led team, one game away from a Finals appearance. It's obviously exciting. This Heat team is so easy to root for, in my opinion. I mean, I, I guess I could be wrong. The Celtics can be hateable based off of their long history of winning and just being good all the time and seemingly winning every trade and whatnot. And I don't know if it's, if it's that simple that the world is going to be happy with this. I feel like there's no one pulling against Jimmy Butler in the heat right now. Is that fair to say, guys?
1: Definitely. Even our mom is a huge Jimmy Butler fan. So that's all I need to know. Yeah, doesn't that know doesn't know say at all. Anything about what's going on in, like, current events. Like, she's watched enough basketball over the years that she knows. she Like, when she watches a game, she certainly knows what's happening. But, like, even she is like, wow, that's my guy. Jimmy Butler. Love him.
0: What a guy and and not a good free throw shooter and still hitting all the clutch
2: ones. Dude. He didn't stop. Uh, I I mean, I wasn't going to go too crazy about it, but I will just say like one thing about Jimmy Butler, like just like growing up, you always talk about like, Oh, there's so much potential talent here, you know, wasted talent, whatever. Like, Oh, this guy's a, you know, one of only 1 million people who could do this. Like, He's so rare in this, but, like, I would argue that, like, someone who works as hard as someone like Jimmy works, like, you don't outwork dudes like that. That's harder to find than someone with, like, a mega crazy skill talent. Like, that dude just pushes
0: for sure. I mean we always kind of use heat culture that hashtag that got so popular as a semi joke, right? Oh, heat culture, heat culture. Body fat, body fat. Deion Waiters is in shape. Uh now nah, he just he just did just enough to get by, right? To to make the the weight cut. But Jimmy Butler literally embodies heat culture. It makes so much sense this team and watching guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero run around and chuck and finish around the rim and goddamn Bam out of bio being just a one man wrecking crew. This team is awesome, but there's a lot to talk about with both sides here, the Heat and the Celtics. We're going to get into it. We're obviously also going to get into uh, the Nuggets and Lakers series. This is not going to be a very long podcast, just a little housekeeping before we really dive into it. Uh, Subway Sports Talk came out, the football episode, early in the week. We got a basketball episode out today on Thursday. Baseball episode coming tomorrow, talking about you know the Yankees entering the playoffs uh, our MVP picks or who we think is going to take all, all the awards as well as some other playoff stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's here and I can't believe we're like a week away from the finals. It, it's blowing my mind realistically, uh, but watching these teams play and, and really compete at an insanely high level right now, the heat Celtics and the Lakers nuggets has been great fun, but let's start with the negative. I think we're going to, we're going to do enough with the heat talking about what they've been able to do in this playoff and in the series but let's talk about the Celtics because they're a team that going into the series, you know, even though the heat got there quicker, they just took down the bucks. There's more confidence perhaps in the Tatum Brown, Kemba Hayward group and Brad Stevens, that group. There's so much confidence there. There's so much room for growth still. Did we get ahead of ourselves? Uh, I don't know which stuff he wants to go first here, but w- was there something that we missed when assessing this Celtics team or are they just straight up getting outbeat and out- outplayed and outcoached? coached?
1: Let me go first, quick, because I know Andrew's got a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> you know, we were texting. You know, we got our outsiders group text, but Andrew and I also have this text with our dad. And uh, and I was just kind of saying how the heat—you can't, you can't ever sleep on the heat. You can't ever take plays off, and even, even just for a second, like you see the Tyler Hero—he Hero, has a front cut on Marcus Smart, not even a back cut. It was a front cut because everyone was caught ball watching. And he lays the ball in. And uh and you just kind of realize why everyone is pulling for the heat. It's because they just compete so damn hard. And the Celtics, they have all this they have all this talent, they have the kind of the prestige of the franchise, like you talked about. They've just been they've been consistent for the past few years. And this is their opportunity to put it together. They got four, you know, quote unquote blue chip guys with Brown, Tatum, Kemba, and Hayward. But it's not all about talent. When you know people say, you know, uh, what what's the saying? It's like uh, talent. Was it hard work beats talent? When talent doesn't work hard or something like that. And oh yeah, that sounds heat, right. It's corn. It's like sounds corny, but the Heat really embody that. And I think that's what everyone can appreciate about them. Whether you're a hardcore basketball fan or just uh, just kind of watching passively because it's the playoffs and you're more casual about it, you can always see that and appreciate it. And when guys who have so much talent like the Celtics do, this is why we're so hard on them because it's so obvious, like top to bottom, you guys should be the better team, but you're not. And it's really disappointing. Andrew, the weird. go, the go weird, ahead.
3: No, just a weird thing too, just to touch upon the talent. They also have experience. I mean, I know Kemba hasn't had a lot of playoff games, but Brown and Tatum made that run, right? When they were both, uh, what, Tatum was a rookie and Brown, Brown I think, was a second-year player. yeah. So they've been around, and it's like you're watching these games, and and they had 19 turnovers tonight. They had they had 14, I think, in game three, even though they won, and they had 20 in, in game two. And it's like they're too experienced to not value the ball. And I'm trying to figure out like it, it was an issue in the Raptors series, and now it's an issue again. Like what is Stevens doing to fix it? Because every game just seems to go the same way. The first quarter they come out blazing, the second quarter they they make a run, except for today, because the second quarter for both teams is trash other than Tyra other Hero. And then the third quarter, they come out blazing again. And then the fourth quarter, they just go super stagnant. And it's all just standing around, watch Kemba and Tatum. And they're making terrible decisions with the ball or not making shots. And Brown you know, slinks away because he's not aggressive. He, he's aggressive defensively, but you could just tell his body language. He He's like the total opposite of market smart, right? Smarts in your face. He's a nut job. He's gonna he's gonna press the issue for better or for worse. He's gonna fight as hard as he can, but his emotions are all in his sleeve. And Brown is really low, laid back, trying to just be cool and calm and collective. But when he gets the ball, he's making plays. He got a dunk for Tice. He got Marcus Smart another dunk. He had a couple threes in the second half and fourth quarter today, and it's just it's confusing. And the one thing. I'm sick of watching. Is the defense from the Celtics? I'm not even spending time watching the Heat on offense. I'm just watching the Celtics on defense because the Heat are just moving the ball, and they're doing a great job of running what Spoelstra wants them to run. And Stevens has no answer for it. How many times is he just going to fucking do the same thing on all the ball screens and the handoffs? And I know Bam Adebayo was killing them, rolling to the basket one game. So now they don't do that. They lay off. And now Hero's pulling up, taking all his shots. Dragic taking his shots. Duncan taking his shots. And it's like Stevens is almost like, I made one adjustment, so let's see if that works. And he's just going to roll with it. And I don't know. I mean, I'm clearly pulling for the Celtics. You can hear it in my voice just for whatever reason. Ever since Garnett was there, I I root for them. But it's hard. I mean... this this Heat team, I will be rooting for in the finals, even over the Nuggets, um, just because they play a beautiful brand of basketball. Spostra is kicking ass. He's amazing. Nobody talks about him down there in Miami. Everyone talked about LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, and Pat Riley, but Spostra's the guy, other than Riley, who's been there the whole time. He's amazing. He He's one of the best coaches in the NBA that people don't talk about enough, um, in my personal opinion.
1: Not only was he the coach before LeBron and Bosh went there he started as a video coordinator like in the fucking basement like the most entry-level job i mean like no disrespect to anyone who's a video coordinator anything like that but that's he he literally went from like ground floor to the penthouse heat culture (laughs) heat culture and pat riley stuck by him like he would it was this close like a lot of people were talking about when lebron was there like he was gonna get him fired and like his system whatever whatever and pat riley just he knew that this was the guy and that's, Hey, that's part of hashtag heat culture. And it, it is crazy.
0: And the narrative on the heat over the past, what has it now been six years since LeBron left, right? It's been six, 2014, 15, five or six years. There has been a lot of ebb and flow with this roster and with this, uh, with the success level of the Miami heat. Where it's like one minute, it's oh, look what Spolster's doing with this ragtag team of misfits. Then it's like, oh, they make all these moves and now they're under, you know, now they're underperforming what were their expectations. And this year was the cultivation of what he's built now with the right pieces and the right talent. And and it's cool to see. And I made a tweet about the Nuggets uh, the other night where. It's surreal for me to watch the Nuggets because I've been so high on them in what I'm going to call the Jokic era right now, right? Ever since Jokic became a true star, I've been high on the Nuggets. I liked Murray. I like what they've been doing. They're really, really fun to watch. But watching them reach the level um, that's truly a contender level is, is semi-surreal because you realize how often it doesn't happen for these young teams with promise. Uh, whether it be injuries or guys not really uh, breaking through to the top tier or, or you know just being beat by other teams. But the Nuggets are actually doing it, and the Heat are actually doing it. The Heat are doing it a little different via uh, the acquisition of Jimmy Butler and some good draft picks. But it is truly impressive. On the Celtics front, however, we have had this conversation a bunch of times. There's the idea of too many mouths to feed. It was definitely a thing when Kyrie was on the Celtics. It was not as much a thing when Kemba took over as the main point guard. Now Gordon Hayward goes out and it's like, oh, it's fine. They have too many mouths to feed anyway. Then they start struggling. Then Gordon Hayward's back. Then he's the missing uh, key to them finding their rhythm again. Now they're down three, one in the series. So what really is it from an offensive standpoint with this team? um... What the heck? Did you guys just lose me for a second?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was so weird. Am I still recording?
3: Yeah. I'll
4: cut this.
0: No, I'm still recording.
3: I'm just going to... Yeah, leave it (laughs) in. Leave it in. You want me to
0: leave it in?
1: All right. Well, anyways... (laughs) If anyone wonders why it takes us so long to record every podcast, here it is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what just happened. My Discord just, like, freaked out for a second.
0: But what truly is the issue? Offensively for the Celtics, right? Is it a too many mouths to feed situation? Is it that there's not one true guy who wants to just say... I will be the the main focus and, you know, I'll make sure everyone gets involved, but I am the guy. Is, is, it, is that missing or is it something else? I, I'm kind of dumbfounded sometimes watching them that they don't get better shots more consistently or that the ball isn't moving as much as it should be. So uh, I don't know whoever wants to jump in, but what is the real issue with them?
1: I think it's the opposite of that. It's like the inverse where instead of guys always like, give me the ball, give me the ball, they have guys who are like, passive like you like Andrew was talking about with Jalen Brown before. I think Hayward's the same way. I think that's why Hayward is a is a good fit because like just think instead of you know Brad Wanamaker, semi Augelet playing and getting those shots or, you know, like Grant Williams, it's it's Hayward in the corner with the wide open three or something like that. And he's someone who can attack off the dribble, especially when the heat goes zone and you really have to attack the middle of that zone. Hayward a lot of possessions when he ends up with the ball on the wing is the only one I feel like his really understands that concept like I I am just dribbling to get to the middle of the floor if there's a spot for me to pull up go to the rim great if not the defense is going to collapse I can create for others but you know it, Andrew mentioned it before and with Marcus Smart as well if everyone on the Celtics shot with the confidence that Marcus Smart shot with, I feel like they'd win every game by 50 points because for better or worse, he always thinks it's going in. And Brown, for whatever reason, is content sitting in the corner. Even when Kemba was struggling through round two, Brown, Jalen wasn't getting enough touches in the second halves. And Tatum is the guy you want with the ball, but he's still 19. He's only 19 years old. And every, <laughs> every time he gets the ball in the wing. He just doesn't totally have it yet. The skills aren't hundred percent there. And that's like, that's fine. I'm not going to, if they, if the Celtics lose the series, I'm not going to condemn the team because two of their best three players are still 22 or younger, like 22, 23 or younger. Um, So they have time to grow, but it's, to me, it's, it's a clear developmental Issue with Tatum. I think if he really reaches his full potential and can score from all three levels with consistency and without being assisted all the time, that will really open things up for everyone else, including himself, where he'll, he'll gain the confidence to make different plays and not just post up on the right block and turn over his right shoulder and go dribble with his left hand to the middle of the floor every time and shoot some bullshit fade away in the middle of the lane that's highly contested. So I I think everyone else needs to get more involved later in games. Like it it's not but it's not that everyone wants the ball so they're not moving it. It's it's that the offense is just stagnant by design yeah. and then other guys don't want to step up to kind of break break up that monotony. So
3: that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it Stevens is just doing a, a crap job of coaching them up late in games, and he's not he's not imposing his will strong enough on them and say, hey, no, this is what we're doing. If you're not going to do it, you're going on the bench. I don't care if we lose. I'm going to play Wanamaker. I'm going to play Grant Williams. Or is it these players aren't assertive enough, right? You got guys like Marcus Smart deciding games when you have Tatum, Kemba uh, Kemba, Brown, and Hayward. And not that Marcus Smart isn't capable, but we also know you watch Marcus Smart, and he's he's in the Wild West. He's shooting from the hip all the time. He's got no plan. He's just doing all all things on field, which is great. Sometimes you need that, but it can't be late in games deciding factors. He drove to the middle at one point, and he threw a bounce pass right into Bam Adebayo's leg to Hayward, who was two feet away from him, you know? And those are the type of decisions you just can't have happen late in games. And that's the thing i can't figure out either is they're they're all too experienced to make these dumb decisions yet they continue to do it and it feels like there's no repercussions so i know they don't have a bench and i know you know hayward went out and they've had injuries but like that's what 82 games are for to coach that out of them and here we are in the playoffs and the worst of them is coming out so where's is, when is steven's going to be held accountable when am i going to stop hearing that Stevens is this great, wonderful coach. And mm-hmm. it's Nick Nurse, who is one of the best coaches, is made – embarrassed him, right? They should have dominated the Raptors, and that went seven games and they damn near lost. And now Sposter is, again, just whipping him. So at what point, like, is we going to talk about Stevens and the fact that this isn't only about Tatum, Brown, Kemba not making shots and Marcus Smart being a, a psycho out there at times – Where's Stevens? Like, when is he going to have to answer the hard questions? I just feel like he's getting a pass on everything. And too too many times it's fallen on the players. Um, I mean, Andrew, and I, just- I, re- I really
0: like both of those narratives, by the way. Because something happens with, with uh, the picky, choosy nature of media and fans alike when it comes to these narratives. Yes, Duffy, J- John Lucas, J. Lou, you said Tatum is still young, Brown is still young, like they still have time to figure this out. But based off experience, like Andrew said, they're not that young. Like they have more experience in the playoffs than than some guys who are 28, 29, and, and good players. Like Brown and Tatum have more meaningful experience than Kemba Walker, who's 30 years old in the playoffs, right? So where do you have to flip that back to say you do deserve some blame? And then Brad Stevens has entered this league as a basketball coach who's a genius. And he can do this with nothing. He can take Isaiah Thomas and make him an all-star. He can put that team in the conference finals. But now, what have you done for me lately? He's still getting treated like he's Brad Stevens, super genius. But you watch them on the court. It's like, wait, but there's actually nothing special going on here. It just looks like a bunch of talented guys competing. But they're they're not pulling in the same direction. And that direction isn't unique enough to, to give them an advantage.
3: Yeah, look at Tyro Hero. I mean... I'm so sick of hearing about how old he is and that he's a rookie. Who gives a shit? You're either good or you're not, right? And it just shows that you're good. So he's asserting himself. His teammates are seeing him reach these levels that some of them can't reach either cuz they're too old or not good enough, and they're letting him do those things. So what point are, you know, what uh, I want to see Brown assert himself and and I think that's part of the reason why him and Smart had that had that dust up is because I think Brown is a very strong-willed person off the court, but on the court, he's very passive. He might be aggressive on defense, but offense, he's very pa- passive. He didn't even try tonight, and he had 20, 21 points. Like, he he had 21 points on 12 shots, and it was, like, easy. He didn't even break a sweat on offense. It's But you got Marcus Smart jacking up 11 threes, and he took that ill-advised three on that break from five feet behind the line, and it's like dude what the fuck are you doing like we're trying to win a playoff game and you're out here just shooting the okay corral. <laughs> okay yeah.
1: and when i was talking about um like don't give up on the celtics still young all that stuff like from experience perspective yes they have it i was more talking about skill development like like moving Brown forward and right still haven't still haven't reached their full potential but also i th- I think that experience is a little bit of a gift and a curse because now that I'm thinking about it and the narrative that surrounds the Celtics in general, it's just they they were kind of I feel like everyone over there was like going on third base a little bit, you know, where Stevens comes there. He's the anointed one. There's a whole debate. Would you rather have, you know, you know, how many players would you pick to start your team with before you pick Brad Stevens as the coach? Uh, Right. That was a real conversation. That was a real like a real narrative for like a solid month. Now, how um, many coaches do
0: you pick before Brad Stevens before you pick him as a just coach draft? At
1: least a couple. At least two. At least a couple, right? So, no. yeah, I don't know. That's uh it, but, but same thing same things true for Tatum and Brown and and just kind of like they they were anointed. They're too young. They don't know how good they have it. You look at the Heat, Jimmy Butler, he had to he had to like think about how he's had to fight his whole life and then when you get the NBA he's like just begging for minutes then he then he gets them then Derrick Rose gets hurt then uh the team sucks then he has to force his way out goes to Minnesota then he sees more young guys who are anointed and they don't want to work hard and he wants to get the fuck out of there then he goes to Philly where no one knows what the hell is going on then he gets out of there and then he goes to the Heat and he just gets with two bulldogs up ahead of him there's a clear like the of power and structure within the organization and Pat Riley and Eric Spolster are the two guys who are going to bring out the competitive nature in you more than any, any other, you know, like president of the team and coach. And they're just so perfectly aligned. The three of them, the best player, the coach and the president of the organization. It's, it's, it's something that we talk about the heat, like Island of Misfit Toys. They just, they just want this shit. Like they want it. So much more than the Celtics, and it's so obvious that when you watch them play, they just never take possessions off. If you make one little mistake, one little slip-up, they will always take advantage of it because they're always alert, because that's how they're coached. That's how they're prepared to be. They always expect an elite effort with everything they do from on the court to off the court to, like, what's your body fat? What are you eating? Like, physical condition before you even touch a basketball. They will not let you practice until you were in the proper physical condition you know and
3: there's no mistake to what their roles are either you yeah, can absolutely. tell on the court they all know their roles they're clearly defined and they're all put in a position to succeed
1: even someone okay. like jay crowder if you exceed it your just role makes like sense like tyler hero did tonight like tyler hero exceeded his role tonight and he's not supposed to be you know like Drajic and butler are supposed to be ahead of him but everyone's like Fuck it, this guy's gonna win us the game. Go ahead, yeah, he's Go, on a hat. heater. Go, absolutely. You got to push the hot hand always, 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 especially in the playoffs. Because you, you, we talk about this all the time. Like you need these ants, like the the others, as sh- you know, Shaq and Charles call them. You need the other guys on the team to step up and and have these big efforts. We talk about it with the Lakers all the time when Rondo's hitting threes or Markeith Morris is hitting threes or Caruso's making big plays on defense. Like that's st- that same logic applies to be it Duncan Robinson. If he makes, you know, five threes in the game, Tyler hero, that's who it was tonight. All that stuff really matters. It doesn't always come down to superstars.
0: Absolutely. And Frank, I don't want to, I don't want to leave you out over here. I want to get your take here on the heat in general. Cause they're uh, a team that you've liked this entire playoff shout out to us for being on this heat thing early, but you even specifically have been a Jimmy Butler guy uh, over the course of you and I talking hoops these past, you know, bunch of years. So, watching this team, is it a little surreal for you, the for, like, the actual contender level that they reach, Is this something that is almost weird to watch right now? I
2: uh, I think it's like it's like vindicating almost because, kind of like we said, Jimmy's been in all these weird situations, and you know, like from an on paper standpoint, like you you could potentially argue that this is not even like the best team he's been on talent wise and stuff like that. But I mean, uh, just to hammer the point home, it's a, it's a perfect fit from top down. Like, and you can see it in the bubble games after each playoff round, win. Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley are like yelling at each other from, you know, two different rows and they're just all hyped up because they're all on the same page. They're all, they're all in on one goal. And it's so obvious to see, um, the only thing I really will comment on either, like, I mean, today's game was really broken down really well. I don't think I could do a better job. Um, but it did look like Bam got a little banged up towards the end of the game and he couldn't really lift. I think it was his left arm. Yeah,
3: left wrist. Yeah, his yeah. Wrist. Left,
2: left arm, left wrist. He looked like in the huddle he tried to lift his arm up above his shoulder and he winced in pain while doing it. And I do think that's a huge part of this, like if he's not healthy moving forward, that's going to be a big issue for the Heat because Andrew texted right after the game ended. Uh, Tice was what minus fifteen and plus minus tonight, yeah. and I mean I, I texted earlier from the first half, but they just worked him. Uh, they like, and I know we talked about they kind of tried to stop the uh, the over the top pass to him, but they found it a few times in the first half and. I mean, he scored the first bucket of the game for the Heat and and again kinda of carried them in the first half mentality wise. Here, here I
1: feel kinda bad. Kind of bad for Tice because I don't think like he doesn't have bad effort or anything like that. He's just straight up not as,
2: yeah, as it, he needs it, it was not it as was as like
1: he needs to be as talented as he needs right. to be.
2: Yeah, I I don't think it really was an effort thing at all. It was it was just like it's glaring. Out, no, you're right, absolutely right. Outclassed as an athlete and right and and like i said it's glaring it was glaring so um
0: and yo know, frank that reminds me of a point that i've been thinking of about you know especially watching this nuggets team it seems almost to make the most sense with them but just to, to stay on the series for a second matchups in this playoffs maybe more than ever have played an incredibly huge role right a lot of times star power can outshine a matchup, right? If you have LeBron and Kyrie, it doesn't matter that the Warriors are running this crazy uh, advanced offensive system. LeBron and Kyrie have the ability to to stymie that and make it a game where the matchup gets thrown out the window. Star power exceeds. With Tice now in this situation, it's a matchup thing. Against the Raptors, his effort and rebounding and knowing what to do on the basketball floor like, really made a difference, and he was able to – to be an impactful player and be a thorn in the side of the Raptors with rebounding and whatnot. Now, with Bam, that just doesn't matter as much. And the matchup completely swings it to the Heat's favor in that, in that regard. And we're seeing some similar stuff now with the, with the Nuggets and what they could possibly do in this series. Uh, but we, we do need to move to that series, so let's close up on the Heat-Celtics right now. It's 3-1. As the Nuggets have shown us, it's possible to come back from 3-1. We've seen it happen. Do we see it happening right now with the Celtics?
2: Uh, oh, I I, know. I don't, but I, I also can continue to hammer your point home while transitioning to the Nuggets. I love that because two pods ago, I believe it was two pods, maybe three, but we were all getting on the Nuggets. We definitely have hit on this since, and it really was a matchup thing. Like Rudy Gobert was giving Jokic a hell of a time, and they needed Jamal Murray to step up and be the guy that we now all view him as but before that uh, jazz series jazz nugget series we didn't really see him as that so like all throughout this playoffs not just this round matchups have been absolutely massive um yeah and even in the nuggets lakers series the game that they just won was because dwight howard and javel mcgee got outclassed pretty much
1: and we thought so. that was going to happen uh, in this series. To your point, Frank, we thought that was going to happen with AD and Jokic. We thought Jokic might be able to outclass, or I'm sorry, AD might be able to outclass Jokic, especially um, with AD's defense, but he hasn't really guarded him often. No. Like what, what was it last year? They're game like too afraid AD to get him into, into foul twice, trouble. Right? Yeah.
0: They're, they're too afraid and, to get into foul trouble, I think, which is a dangerous game to play.
2: And yeah, it's nice one, one of those possessions is it was late at the end of the game, and Jokic posted him up and just hit a floater right over his uh, a hook floater right over him. So yeah. I think they're willing to take that chance if they even throw it at him.
1: Absolutely, I think AD uh, AD might have had it was really weird to watch.
3: Didn't he have AD like two rebounds?
1: Had, what didn't he have two rebounds last game?
3: Yeah, AD. Yeah. Yeah, he only had two rebounds, and he didn't get him until the fourth quarter, I believe. Yeah, something yeah. crazy, in, like
0: some insane stuff. And the Laker matchup thing with the Nuggets, and we could use that as a seg- a segue, Subway Sports Talk, uh, Pete Kennedy, John Lucas Duffy, Frank Villani, and Andrew Duffy. Shout out to Kyle, not here with us today, but I know he's with us in spirit. Uh, he'll be back on the pod, I'm sure, you know, next week or whatever. Um, the matchup we assumed would be advantageous, or the matchups that we assumed assume would be advantageous, uh, in this Lakers Nuggets series. Obviously LeBron, matchup nightmare no matter what. Jeremy Grant in this last game, you know, did about as good a job as he could. But the Anthony Davis thing with the two bigs, JaVale and Dwight, being guys, you bodies you can throw. That's always what you hear. Oh, bodies you can throw at LeBron. Bodies you can throw at Jokic. That stuff all matters. Jokic just needs to do stuff to win, right? But I just so, get so worried and so interested how it's going to play out. Who the hell is supposed to guard Jamal Murray for 40 minutes? His plus-minus in this series is outrageous. He goes off the court, the Nuggets can, like, crash and burn. But he's been so freaking good. So, from this series, obviously we're at 2-1 now. Uh, game, three, uh, game four on Thursday night. Is there a specific thing that you've seen through the first three games, um, Andrew, I'll go to you first, that you think will turn into a, you know, a true series fl- a flipping matchup uh, with Lakers Nuggets?
4: Uh, I'm interested to see the Lakers legs and, uh, cause AD, I know, uh, who was, who was saying it? It was, uh, it was either Reggie or Chris Weber. Like at one point he was walking down the floor late in the game when they needed a bucket to continue. And he was gassed. He played like 43 minutes. And I think, I think Jamal Murray played like 44. I don't think he sat one single second in the second half. So it'll be interesting to see the young legs versus the old legs. Um, and I feel like Jamal Murray really hasn't even gotten going yet. I know he had 28, I think, last game, but it felt like an easy 28 where he kind of disappeared and hit those shots late. So I want to see what he's going to come out and do and see what, you know, Caruso's got and Danny Green and, and Rondo. Um, and even even the Lakers junked it up a little bit with the zone. I know that Spostro's obviously been doing that to the Celtics. So this is the year of the zone here in the bubble. Um, but I, I'm interested to see... Um, like like we were just talking about, will AD guard Jokic a little bit because I think Howard's act is getting a little old, and and Jokic just kind of figured out that he's just kind of he's just being a you know a nat. He's just he's just trying to bother him as much as he can, and and Jokic just keeping a calm head. And the refs are finally starting to call those little BS uh, fouls that Howard's doing to Jokic. You know, give him the forearm shiver in the post, and and just doing weird things just to get into his head. So. If the refs start calling that, you know, what is Howard really out there for if he's going to be in foul trouble and and not really stopping him? Um, But it'll be interesting because the Nuggets have to find some sort of consistent scoring if they want to stretch this out. I know Jeremy Grant jumped up and had, what, 26 Mm -hmm. or 29, something crazy? Um, 26. 26, but they need to get some consistent scoring to help ease it. Michael Porter Jr., Harris, you know, Millsap, these guys gotta make the open shots when they come because they're getting them. They just gotta make them.
1: And you're absolutely right about uh Dwight Howard's act just getting old and you know, like you fire that bullet early on in the series and Jokic kinda like fool me once, you know, you know, you're not gonna fool me again. And then uh, I don't know what happened. Like, I just want to just small comment. Does anyone know like what the hell happened to PJ Dozier in game three? Like, did they cut him? Like, why did he stop playing? I, he gave him great minutes in game two. I know he missed crucial free throws, but that was just weird to me. He didn't play at all. He missed um, those
4: free throws, but if he didn't play in that game, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they have, been wouldn't have been in position have those free throws matter.
1: Absolutely. Um. So Malone still does weird coaching stuff. I
2: don't understand, but hmm.
1: yeah, not
2: um, I think uh, everyone yeah, old it's weird.
1: Um, Anthony Davis. He's he's like weirdly passive still. Like I, it's it's kind of the way we were talking about Jalen Brown before. He catches a lot of balls in the in like the eighteen to twenty foot range out on the wing. Like I don't understand what kind of position like uncomfortable position you're trying to put the defense in from from that spot on the floor especially when you're not a great passer like anthony davis is not a great passer he's a great player he's not a great passer and you're not scared of doubling him uh especially not with the shooters that are around around him like i'm not scared about kcp shooting me out of a game i'm definitely not scared of danny green right now I'm not scared of Caruso shooting me out rondo like if LeBron and you're never going to help off LeBron LeBron so he's not going to be the one that that gets the next pass. Um so I I think there's a lot of room for the Nuggets to improve and I'm still not ready to count them out of this series. Like this this could easily be 2-1 the other way. Right. The, and that's what Jamal that's, what Jamal that's what Jamal Murray up.
0: said too, right?
1: Yeah, and that's what people need to keep in the back of their mind and the point I was trying to get it across before this series even started like i watched every single lakers nuggets game this season including the preseason ones because i'm a weirdo and the nuggets won both preseason games they won one game in the regular season they should have won the uh seeding game that was that happened but they just rested all their starters and then kyle kuzma hits the the buzzer beater three to win it and then everyone is just like oh kuzma here he comes like this is the guy you said you didn't want blah 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 but that was just Mason Plumlee asleep, sleepwalking again. On defense again. Sleep again. Uh, that was the OG. That was the OG sleepwalk.
0: Uh, <laughs> Great post by you, Duff, by the way, with that Mason yeah. Plumlee thing right there. That was brutal. That was a tough look by him. But, uh, you know, I think from. I, I, I really get stuck here because there's a part of me that why we talk about all these matchup possibilities Nuggets can take advantage of, there's just this part of me that keeps saying it's going to not matter at some point in this series, and it might be the next game where LeBron's like, all right, you know, I gave everyone else a shot. Anthony Davis, I gave you a shot. It's time for me to go for 45, 15, and 10. And uh, no one's going to stop me. And I think that's just possible. I think LeBron just has that in his bag. He doesn't want to do it seven games in a series because, you know... He's 36. However, how old is he how old is he right now? 36? Like, he doesn't want to do it. 35? If, if, like, if LeBron decides that he's scoring 45 points a game, which he could do probably, right? He's up his shot usage. Is it over? Or is there still a way that the Nuggets can have enough offensive firepower and make LeBron's life hard enough to where they can still compete when LeBron goes superhero mode?
1: There's absolutely still a way because I don't trust anyone – like, the people around LeBron on the Lakers, I don't trust them the way I I, tr- I would have trusted people on Cleveland around him. So, for example, Kyrie Irving just has that mentality where just, like, any play he makes is going to be an amazing play and he's going to score by any means necessary. I don't think Anthony Davis has that mentality. And then anyone from, like, Danny Green just can't throw in the ocean right now. He looks just terrible He looks all awful. the time. And he could look sick next week, but, like, that's just Danny Green. I don't, yeah, I just, he looks, this, this, he looks like he's on the, the back end. Like, the monstar has got his talent. He does, he's, (laughs) like, dribbling the ball off his foot. The worst Monstar of all time. Uh, (laughs) KCP, I don't trust to, like, shoot, have him shoot me out of a game. Like, Caruso, he makes, Caruso is, like, a mini Marcus Smart in the way that he just kind of makes winning plays Mm. in these weird dead spots of a game. Like, he'll come up with a random steal or a chase down block or like a, a put-back dunk that you don't see coming out of anywhere, like that's that's exciting, but you can't win it. Those are like the, the little plays you need around it. That's not like supporting cast. I need you to be the second-best scorer or third-best scorer on the team. That, I don't trust – like J.R. Smith on the Cavs was just unconscious. Like he shot the the first shot of the game, the way he shot the last shot of the game, and he just always believed it was going in. No, like he has that irrational confidence. And like obviously he can't do it now on the Lakers, but he, he just – kind of done but when he was on the calves that was someone you could like weirdly count on like i don't know maybe it's just because i like defense and rip threes baby yeah like i maybe it's just because i liked him more than the average person but he was just someone i felt like i could weirdly count on in any situation of a game because i i knew he had the confidence at least well people unfortunately
0: remember him for the the score count
1: f up but way before that or the years before yeah, yeah. that he was super you know reliable what? Yeah, and two two years before that, when LeBron gets the block, I want to bring this up. When LeBron gets that block on Iguodala in Game 7 of the 2016 Finals, when the the Cavs win in Oakland, J.R. Smith was the one who had chased down Iguodala originally. He went for like a high swipe so that Iguodala had a double clutch on the layup, before, and then LeBron comes in and buys time for LeBron to come in and just pin it off the glass, but J.R. Smith was, like, he was in that play. So, like, for every one of those where he's, like, he's he's making kind of, like, the hockey assist on a game-winning play, he is also, like, fucking up and not knowing what the score is <laughs> at the situation at the end of a game. And that's just kind of the feast or famine. But at the it's, it's like what Andrew was saying before with Marcus Smart. Sometimes you need a guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve and just plays with instinct plays with feel and that can really work out sometimes or you know it's like Marcus Smart running up the court and shooting a three from like on the secondary break shooting a three from five feet behind the line that's a total brick and you know I don't even have confidence in the Lakers secondary guys to play that way they just right
3: they're just kind all kind of there. They need
1: the ball. My point is they need the ball. If LeBron wants to hold it that much, I don't trust AD to kind of flip it on. He needs to feel it. Rondo needs the ball. He's an amazing playmaker still. And when you have other guys around them, like Kuzma, KCP, Caruso, Danny Green, who need baskets force fed to them. It's, it's tough to have LeBron just go in that Terminator mode.
4: They, uh, they need Kuzma to take a step forward. I mean, he when you watch him play, he seems – Has he ever thrown
1: the ball to someone's chest ever he's, in any situation?
4: He Did seems really that? really talented, Kuzma. Um, but I'm not sure he understands, like, the level that the game needs to be played at to, like, reach the levels that he could, you know, get to. You know, he he doesn't seem to comprehend the severity of the game and the intensity that it takes. Um oddly enough, I think Rondo's the X factor. But the problem is he can't score unless he's going to the basket or hits his, you know, one out of two threes a game. Um, for him, it's going to have to be defense like it was at the end of the last game when he came up with all those steals and he was just hounding Murray and, and the guys at the top of the zone there and passing. He's got to be creating easy baskets and easy shots for his teammates because he can't score quite as easily as them because he can't shoot. But he's like the only guy who's who's got those uh, abilities, all the things you're talking about, like the Marcus Smart X factor. But he's been there before; he knows what it takes. All the other guys, other than well, Danny Green has too. Um, but a lot of those other guys, they've never been there; they might not know what it takes. Um, not that Denver has all those guys, but LeBron needs a little help.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to argue, and there are probably even some other people on the Lakers that we missed there. Like, I mean, Dwight Howard's been to finals before as like the guy. Um, beat
1: LeBron, beat LeBron to go to the finals.
2: Um, yeah, Javale McGee was on those those um, Warrior teams, but like it, even now, like he's probably in the same role, but Dwight Howard's not. So like the you know experience. Yeah, I Javale
1: guess, gets like eight minutes a game.
2: that's what he got there too pretty much right so yeah yeah um so i I don't know how much exactly it translates but like i i I just don't see and it could just be naivety or or whatever but i i just don't see the world where the nuggets represent the western conference in the finals Mm. Uh, i haven't seen like a good enough answer to like how would they slow lebron down to your point if he decided like okay i'm gonna put up 45 tonight um i think he very easily could like for for lebron obviously not an easy thing to do right but um i i just don't see that answer coming and to your point about not trusting anthony davis i i weirdly do after after that game winning three and like that interview he gave to the guys just some of the things he said like but then I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Thing, but, but, Wait, what, know, did he it, what did
1: you say? What did you say? He,
2: he was he saying said, I I like, Sometimes you know, I wanna... think too
1: much. I, I can't like mentally I'm not always there. I need to be more aggressive. Blah blah blah. Alright, yeah, you said that after game two, you hit the game winner, and then game three you get two rebounds?
2: But no no. Even beyond that, he also said like uh like a part of being the Lakers is like moments like that in basketball and how that's one of the things like he, he really looked forward to when he first became a Laker and how, you know, like he wants to carry that legacy of being a Laker and in those moments and stuff. Like, so I think like, he's a, he, like, he's a great player. He's got great tools. Like, I think he can turn it on. And I kind of think like game two showed it a little bit. Um But yeah, I, I just don't see the nuggets advancing. Well, I, I would think
1: the nuggets have to be really worried about is if the Lakers lock in on defense. If that happens, mm, cause that's
0: how they really got to the one seed in the West, right? It was defense and fast break, but we know in the playoffs, that's just a lot harder to do. It's a but lot they harder did to it do.
1: In the, what was it in the third quarter? It was like four straight possessions. It wasn't that they held the nuggets scoreless. It was like four straight steals, four mm-hmm. straight takeaways that led to easy baskets. That was ins- I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a stretch like that in an NBA game where it's, it's like legitimate steals. It's not guys dribbling off their foot, taking bad shots. They're taking the ball away, they're running it down the other end, and they're slamming it right through the other team's basket yeah. some
4: of that was some of that was fatigue because Malone he fired all his bullets, he knew he could get this game and he knew he had to get it so he he played Murray the entire second half, and some of these guys the entire second half, so that was a weird moment, but I know what you're talking about like that's the intensity they have to carry for what forty eight minutes. Yeah, not just a two-minute spurt when you're already down 12 and now it's six, but you know,
1: if it's not going to be 48 minutes, you got to find more. You got to find those pockets more frequently, like once a quarter. We're going to lock in on defense, like for the next three possessions, five possessions, yeah. and you're this way you can. Like if the Nuggets didn't extend to that massive that massive lead and like the first half and then in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, like they just kept letting them extend. They need to
0: right their run would have meant something if, but they didn't keep it close enough. And Frank, I'm with you because you said you can't imagine the nuggets beating the Lakers and representing the West in the finals. I couldn't even really imagine the nuggets beating the Clippers. So (laughs) until the nuggets are out, I am not going to count them out. And am I picking them to win the series? No, I'm I'm not, but that's probably just based off of LeBron and the respect I have for that dude. Like, I'm just not going to mentally think the Nuggets are out of this series. I mean, they didn't even get them. You know, we went this whole podcast. We didn't even say this yet. They haven't even got them where they wanted yet, the Nuggets. They're only at 2-1. They got to lose one more, and then the real series starts.
1: <laughs> that's it.
2: <laughs> that's Don't play LeBron and AD tomorrow just your fees or today. Yeah, sorry. That'd be
1: funny. They yeah, just get
0: DMPs. Yeah. Just so <laughs> uh, they don't go to three, one on purpose. They'd rather be two, two than up three, one. Cause they know what the yeah. nuggets do. <laughs>
1: that'd be amazing. Uh, Pete, I feel the same way. Like gun to my head. Am I still, am I going to pick against LeBron? Am I going to pick against the Lakers? No, I'm not going to like gun to my head. I still would go with LeBron, but I'm not going to hand it to him. They still need the point. I'm really, the larger point I'm really trying to make is they still need to execute and they cannot. They can't rest because the Nuggets are young and they're hungry. They've gotten, they, they had to fight for their lives in the first round. And then they, they beat the championship favorites. I I would argue most people would consider them to be the favorites, the Clippers in the second round. And now they've kind of had that taste of overachieving and success. And they're, they might just be too young to realize they're supposed to lose, which makes them a, dangerous. more dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, I mean, I'm I'm totally with all that, and I think Jamal Murray and Jokic being like the outspoken leaders at age what twenty five? How old is Jokic? Twenty four, twenty five? They're both under twenty five. Murray's like twenty two, twenty three. They're the outspoken leaders of this team, which is impressive in its own right. They're like, listen, like we know that we're technically not supposed to be beating the Lakers, but uh, we're going to go down swinging, and we're going to try and freaking do this. So we're going to do our absolute best, and no matter what happens. It's a hell of a story for us, we, like, but we are, we're ready to make it the true story of us going to the finals. Like Their energy and their mindset really is clicking for me right now, and uh, it's pretty impressive because talk about playoff experience for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they have more of it. They didn't have to go through what Murray and Jokic did of winning 48 games and not making the playoffs in the Western Conference. Now they've been a top-four seed the past two years in a row. They're putting together a true playoff run, a historic playoff run for that matter. Their energy is unmatched. And it's not like for the Lakers, like you just said, Duff, they have to execute. They can't flip a switch energy-wise and just beat the Nuggets. They need to flip the switch energy-wise. They need to tighten up all the plays. They need to figure out what the hell their, uh, their emphasis points are. There's a lot more things than just saying, oh, LeBron and Anthony Davis just need to turn it on to win. It's, it's that simple. It's not that
1: simple. It's weird that both teams kind of have the same point of emphasis, which is get the big man in the post and get the big man deep in the post, which is so counterintuitive to everything we've like unlearned over the past decade with the the rise of the three point shot and watching Jokic in, in the post is really like a thing of beauty sometimes, especially when he cat the first quarter of game three, he was catching the ball like dead center of the lane right at the dashed dotted line uh below the foul line and he just had so many options where he could just shoot that right that that hook shot, the floater, pass to the opposite corner for an open three. Like he 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 can do anything. He can do any, any, anything from that position. And it's damn near impossible to defend. And Anthony Davis, if he just finds a little bit of more a little bit more brute force, can catch the ball a little bit deeper in the post can attack more, get to the foul line more instead of settling for fadeaways and jump shots. This game's a little bit too too much finesse for me. And uh, but, but larger point is, it's kind of fun watching big guys banging the post again a little bit, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I'm living with those Anthony Davis fadeaways in the mid-range all day, if I'm the Nuggets. Yep. Yeah. Living with those all day.
1: He well, doesn't realize how fucking good he is. It's crazy. It's so crazy to me. Like well, people say it all the time. If he if he just he he should be the best player in the world, but he's like stopping himself.
4: It's weird because you're talking about two post players and and on both sides, but you have one who really embraces it, right? You got Jokic who who doesn't worry about being back to the back. Gets slow, taking his time. You know that old man Y game we talk about sometimes. But then you got A.D. on the other side, right, who everyone says is a center, but he won't say it, right? He will he said it like Frank talked about the other day at the interview at the end of the game. He was like, yeah, I'll play the five if Frank Vogel needs me to play five. I'll do whatever the team needs me to do. You'd love to hear that. But are we going to see that, or is he gonna still post up at 16 to 18 feet so he could face up, shoot a turnaround jumper, stretch it to the three-point line, and doesn't want to get in there and bang in the post even though he's – Seven foot tall, and he's got great footwork and great touch, and he's unstoppable in there. So I think that's one thing to watch for. I'm I'm with Frank though. I'm not ready to give up on AD yet. Um, He hasn't had a ton of chances, so it's hard to sit here and say that he's not the guy or can't be the guy. He took the biggest shot of game two, and he nailed it. So that's something going for him. And I believe he he's putting up the points. And I know he didn't have rebounds in game three, but he's he's putting up points. So he's doing what they need him to do. Um, I'm not too concerned about the rebounding because they got LeBron, they got Caruso, they got Howard and McGee, um, and a couple other guys. So the rebounding is – sometimes that's kind of a weird thing that, that they happens. They now
1: rebounded by 19. They had, they were, the Nuggets had 19 more rebounds. And their, their strength
0: is supposed to be – they have big and- they have big guys. They got size, the Lakers. And they still ain't getting it right. Uh, it's interesting. And by the way, I, I just learned because it's the second time this happened in the podcast where somebody said Caruso. See if it happens again. No, it doesn't. But my computer must have picked it up as Cortana. And I guess my computer has that whole situation. And I, I said Cortana, it didn't pick up. But two times on this pod, we've said Caruso and it went to like it's listening. I'm like, all right, computer, dude, we're not talking to you. Unreal. Yeah.
1: It happens yeah. when I say AC, my my Siri, just says what's up. Oh, my gosh.
0: Unbelievable. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to go too long here. We've already gone way longer than we planned, as we do, which is fine. But uh, we do need to make some picks here. We need, need to make it final. Uh, I will say the Subway Sports Talk NBA Outsiders have been pretty freaking stellar picking these playoff series so far. But I know, for one, I'm torn, and I'm going to use my host uh, advantage point here of picking last because I have no freaking clue who I'm going to pick to win the series. Uh, So Andrew Duffy as the least tenured subway sports talk hosts here. I'm making you go first. Who are you picking to win the series?
4: I think whoever wins game four is going to win the series. Uh, Man, my heart says nuggets. So I'm saying nuggets.
0: There we go. Wow, that's not what I expected. When you start with my heart says, it's usually, but my brain says this, so I'm going with that. Uh, but
1: I like that.
4: Last time you guys didn't let me take the heat because everyone took the heat, and I had a root for the Bucks who I hate. Oh, no one said that. Don't take never like yeah, No, one, <laughs> no said one said that.
1: that. <laughs> no one, I had to.
4: Said that. I had to. I couldn't let you be right. I had to at least. That's it.
1: That's your, that's your just weak mental, bro. I don't it was know. A, everyone, it was a brother a pr- listening knows It, it was a heady play. It was a price is right type play.
0: We all picked. Uh, you know, over the thing, he just sub, he just went. There you go. You're the blow. guy who bid
1: one dollar. Hope you're happy, <laughs> <laughs> Duffy. Who do you got? Uh, I also want the Nuggets to win because I've I as much as I love watching LeBron play basketball, I've never rooted for him really. Um, But I just again, like you put the gun to my head, I'm going to pick LeBron. And I'm going to pick the Lakers even though I also want the Nuggets. Frank?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think everybody in the world wants the Nuggets because like, it's the new thing. It's the cool thing. But uh, I've made the mistake in the past of not appreciating LeBron and watching history be made year in, year out. So keep spoon-feeding it to me until he's out of the league. There you
0: Lakers
2: go. in five. Lakers in one-
0: five. Is a hoax. Wow. That's not, see, that's what I did not expect.
2: I said 3 1's a hoax. That's right.
0: Wow. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like you, Frank. I, I don't want to. I mean, you guys. I've probably been annoying. I'm not as annoying about Jokic as I am about James Harden. Probably that's because Harden gets hate, so I get defensive. I feel like I gotta defend him a little more. Not that he's easy to defend in this moment after his playoff
1: run now, but in the as past, as opposed to and, all the other moments. Well, you know, and they're pretty identical to this moment. Well,
0: you know. <laughs> Anyways, Jokic has been my other guy for a minute here, and I've been rooting for the Nuggets. I even rooted for the Nuggets consistently over the past couple of years over the Jazz. I've had to get like off the Jazz because they got they became the hipster team. So like now the wow. Nuggets are my. For those new, who
1: don't know, that's a massive deal.
0: I mean, I still like the Jazz. Don't get it twisted, but you know when Mitchell went to the Jazz, they became popular in sort of sorts. So I, you know I, I have to go against the grain a little hipster bit. Hipster Pete, exactly. Hipster Pete over here, and now I don't want to go hipster Pete against the Nuggets, because I love watching them play. I love watching Murray get hot and Jokic just do some crazy shit. Don't be a coward. Step up. Do it. But no, I'm going to be right. That's the problem. I'm going to be right. As much as I love the Nuggets, as much as I think they're in the series, I think the matchup thing is in their favor. This specific thing, when it goes to seven games, because I think it's going to seven games, it's LeBron in Game 7 being an absolute legend, superstar, Hall of Famer, best player of our lifetime, LeBron James wins in seven for the Lakers,
4: That's or it. or it's a passing of the torch. Oh, Jokic takes the torch
0: from LeBron, just like we all expected. Oh my God, I almost <laughs> had a stroke.
1: Oh, boy. I feel like if someone wrote that as a movie script, that would have been like, all right, this is too unrealistic. Get it out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Second round
0: pick, but then, so say we have this. They would have,
1: they would have thrown the script away as, as soon as you had the Nuggets beating the Clippers in the second round.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. When does, <laughs> We said on the pod, Cinderella stories, you know, when is it going to turn into a pumpkin? It's pumpkin season, baby. That's what it is. It might be the Nuggets' time. It might be a chance for them to seriously do something here. But what the hell is it going to be like if we have an NBA Finals? Jimmy Butler and Jokic as the two leading stars, when we could, in theory, have... LeBron and the Lakers versus the Heat, his old team, and Jimmy Butler, or God forbid, the Suns come back from three-one. Lakers, Celtics, like for the NBA, which is important that I, I, you know, I root for the NBA as a league to do well and be interesting and get good ratings and all this crap. The Lakers, for that part of it, need to be in there. Lakers with LeBron versus his old team in the Heat would be wonderful. For us hipsters and for real sports fans, Nuggets Heat is going to be great, great fun, and the passing of the torch is possible.
1: This is the thing: if you, Braun, Celtics, if you get Celtics, if you get Celtics Lakers, it's it's going to be big market, big numbers, big ratings. But if you get Nuggets Heat, it's just going to be better basketball. Mm. It's going to be better basketball. For, like, That's basketball true. junkies, it's yeah. just going we'll, to be... We'll love it. Like I just get
0: nervous with other people. Do they care as much? I don't know. People love this oh, they team. They absolutely won't. People... It'll be a disaster
1: <laughs> for the NBA. Yeah, it'll be terrible.
0: The Subway Sports Talk ratings go through the roof, though, because people who ride with the NBA Outsiders ride with the weird teams in the league, for sure.
1: But yeah, This is the culmination of the of the uh, the uh, A-Stars. The A-Stars, the NBA
0: A-Stars. Yeah, we got to bring that back next year. We we couldn't obviously do it this year.
2: Are we? Are we gonna do the other series or? No. What are you talking about? Predictions for Heat Celtics, or did I miss that?
0: We did that. I'm pretty sure you picked the Heat already, dude. Sheesh. What are you already Logged on to are you playing Overwatch over there or something? What's going on?
2: No, this is the brain laughs. Can
4: I say one thing about the Celtics-Heat series real quick? I know we talked about it at nauseum, but I'm interested to see what the Celtics do here in in uh, Game 5 because I think that's going to be a big factor in the way their players, and I think I said this to you guys, how they go in the future because hmm. the Heat are not going to mess around. Butler, Dragic, Pat Riley, Spostra, Derek, you know, Iguodala, Crowder, all these guys who are veterans who have won and closed out series before, know you cannot mess around. I'm interested to see if the Celtics roll over or fight, because if it gets 3-2, now you're once again playing with house money and you got nothing to lose and your backs are against the wall and the Heat might get a little tight mm. um, with some of those young players, but if they don't fight back and they don't show a little a little uh, aggressiveness and a, and some sort of personality and some sort of whatever
1: Perseverance
4: Perseverance. Competitive spirit. Well, they got to show who they are. They got to show some character. and We got to see what they're made of because if if they don't fight back, we got to talk about Danny Ainge maybe shaking it up a little bit because whatever chemistry they got going on isn't working.
1: Mm. Just no passion. They don't play with passion compared to the Heat.
0: Well, we shall see. We got some more basketball to be played before we get to the finals, and we're going to be locked in. We'll be back next week, of course, with another episode. And uh, I'm going to end off with a quote from our guy Kyle since he wasn't here today. Don't let the heat hang around because that's bad for business, and the Celtics are learning that the hard way in basically every single game this the series. But now, time for one of my favorite parts of Subway Sports Talk. Every single episode, we go to last words. And, uh, you know, I don't know who wants to go first. I hate picking somebody. So, somebody give me your last words. I don't know who's ready, who's not. How you doing? How you been? Subway Sports Talk. Last words.
2: Um, you're releasing baseball soon, so I'll be quick with my uh, yearly disappointment. Um, <laughs> if you listen to the pod a lot, you already know I'm a Mets fan. Uh, and you may have even heard my final thoughts earlier in the year. Uh, unmitigated disaster, uh, Stevie Cohen. I got one message for you, brother. Sign Trevor Bauer. Mm. That's all.
4: Brian Cashman.
2: Take him from. Uh, get Brian you
0: know. Cashman from the Yankees to run the mess. Is that what you're saying, Andrew?
4: You haven't you haven't seen those rumors for loaded. Oh my that he's God. He's going to
2: make a run out of him?
1: Oh my God.
4: I have not. So don't honestly, do this to, don't, Frank. Don't don't do this to Frank.
1: He's gentle. Oh, gentle, with – he's too vulnerable.
2: I, want, I don't want Brian Cashman. Wow. That's out of
0: here. Oh my God. I want Trevor Bauer more. Oh my God.
1: He's having a sick year. Guy, really guy pitches every four days.
2: <laughs> Did you see him scream after striking out the side with first and third? Or not the side? An animal.
0: He's, he's, a, he's a freak of nature. He, freak of nature. I don't nature. know
2: how it happened. It was first and third, and he struck the next three batters out. The first one he gave a little, yeah. And the second one he gave a, yeah. And then the third one, like, full of Super Saiyan, like, ah, just yelling at whoever was walking <laughs> off the field. And all I thought out like, if I was in that situation, like, I'm going to tomahawk my bat at him just being <laughs> so. <upset.
0: laughs> Sign him up. Uh, Duffy, either one. What do you guys got? Last words.
1: I don't know how I forget about last words every single episode. Me too. That's, uh, why I, that's why
0: I go last. I think about it while you guys go. You're
1: such a, you're such a clown. I'm making you go first next time. Uh, <laughs> you hide behind that host chair. Oh, it's great. You uh, it twice. Three times. You did it three times in one episode. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. You guys caught on. <laughs> my, my last words
1: are going to be uh, non-sports related. Everyone register to vote. I don't mm-hmm. care what your political affiliations are. Just... Go vote, because here's one thing I hate: is when I just see people on Twitter and Instagram complaining about politics, and I guarantee ninety percent of them just don't vote. I can't abide that, so at least cast cast a vote if you're gonna bitch and moan about everything.
0: Very nice, very very nice of you. Very uh thoughtful, Duff. I appreciate that, Andrew. Last word. Wait, should I just go now to make you make it a little more fair? I no, have mine. go last. All right, here we go, Sitting Andrew. Here last. Cedar, (laughs) And Andrew, what do you got?
4: I think I'm just going to make my last words the same thing every time. I'm just going to get on here and plead to Adam Silver, I know he's listening, to fix the officiating in the NBA. Because I know we talk about losing the casual fan to Nuggets Heat, even though that'll be fantastic basketball. But at the same time, you have lifers like me, my dad, and plenty of other people who watch the game and don't know what a foul is anymore. You hit somebody in the head by accident. It's a fucking flagrant one, which is absurd. Um you got these challenges, which are crazy. You call offensive fouls.
0: Oh, my God. Another time the Discord did the thing with the thing. We'll be right back, and now Better we're back. Here we go. And C- also, continue. I, it, I yeah. filled the cracks. I filled the cracks. Continue, continue.
1: <laughs> Get the C, C caucus uh, office IT team down to down to Union City yes, for my guy please. Pete. Bro, I don't.
0: I'm hardwired right now. I got the Ethernet going. This should not be happening. I don't know what's going on here. Your
1: screen falling asleep, bro. You need to just be attentive. Bro,
0: I'm moving the mouse need, like crazy over here. I don't know about you. I
1: need you to be your own Brad Stevens and just make an adjustment. I just can't believe
0: that this podcast we're still going. We were supposed to do a 20 minute podcast or a 30 minute podcast. It is now. And what does my screen say? Hour and five. How did we yeah, even we, talk this much?
1: That's bad each, hosting. What
4: do you mean? Hey, we let my brother talk too much. He's just a run-on run sentence. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh, man. Here's my, my last words is I saw one thing that jumped out to me when I watched Tyler Hero today put, in the, put the ball in the hoop in a variety of ways. C.J. McCollum. I saw a lot of C.J. McCollum in Tyler Hero's game. The swiftness... But the shiftiness combined with the touch, of course. Uh, And I think that's a good positive comp. Maybe Tyler Hero can go to bounds that CJ has never even reached. But I think the the offensive game of Tyler Hero has reached a level where nobody outside of maybe Tyler Hero thought this could happen, especially this quickly. Uh, Absolutely incredible stuff out of him. And and then lastly, Chiefs-Ravens Monday Night Football. I cannot wait to see two absolute, just, oh my god, oh my god, quarterbacks. That's what you should. Oh my god, quarterbacks who can do it all, who make this game incredible amounts of fun. I'm locked in Chiefs Ravens Monday night.
2: Hey. Locked into the or are you just locked into the game. I'm locked
0: into the game. I might not even bet on it, Frank. That's how excited I'm. I'm about it. Yeah,
2: hey. I don't bet, but I feel like that's when I'd be like over, over, over. Um, That's what they yeah, were Yeah, Andrew. Think?
4: No, speaking of bets, Pete. Whatever happened with that? Oh, free, I never did $10 it. Parlay. Oh, but it's coming up.
0: Know. It's coming up. I didn't do it. I didn't do it yet. Duff, I'll hit you up Sunday. Every every game, sixteen games, we're putting it in ten dollars. Here to success. Ten dollars to win like like ten thousand. On, on Sunday. That's what's going I down.
4: I think
1: the max parlay is, is 12. I think it's 12. You can put yeah, that. it's 12. All right, so it's 12, 12, 12. I tried to d- put it in the 24s. <laughs> and the There's a 12-team
0: parlay coming your way, Duff, on Sunday. We're going to enter it, and me and you are going to be rich. And more Trust me. me. I've
1: tried to bet the whole first round of the NCAA tournament. You can't.
4: <laughs> Hold on. If if you win this bet, you have to put it towards better uh, production equipment.
0: Oh, I'm going to get in a gig. Better Wi-Fi. I'm getting a whole bit of uh,
1: meg- megabits, there, oh, thousands of oh. them. I'm getting a gig, a whole gig of it. Oh. You're getting 1.21 gigawatts straight into that apartment.
4: <laughs> All great right. Scott. we, we got
0: to end this freaking podcast now. It's going off the rails. Uh, Subway Sports Talk, great fun as always. Basketball right now, or you just listen to it, baseball coming tomorrow, football, basketball, baseball coming again next week. Baseball playoffs, are you kidding me? Week three in the NFL, NBA Finals around the corner. Holy hell. For Andrew Duffy, for John Lucas Duffy, I just punched my mic. And for Frank Villani, I'm Pete Kennedy. Subway Sports Talk, hopefully you guys enjoyed. Have a great one.